This is Get Unstuck Radio episode 40, Getting Visibility with Mike McDonald. Welcome to Get Unstuck Radio, the place to brainstorm with you on business and life strategy, to get unstuck with system, automation, and delegation, and also to get clarity for sustainable business and lifestyle. I'm your host, Mikita Panmuk. Let's get unstuck. Hi, everyone. So please welcome Mike McDonald today as a special guest with me here in Get Unstuck Radio. Mike helped entrepreneurs confidently put themselves out there as experts in that industry like they always been. Thank you for joining me today, Mike. Not a problem. I'm excited. I can't wait. We were connecting on Facebook and amazing. Confidence also a part of my issue. It's not always that I always like it all the time and I have to overcome things a lot as well along the way. With my accent, with the way I look on camera, it's always awkward to see yourself and talking to yourself one side like this all the time, right? Yeah. And yeah, we have expert today. So tell us a little bit more about who is Mike? Like you, when you were younger, like 12 years old, who you are? Well, I, I started off my own journey being someone that was struggling with it. It was something that I struggled with, something that I've had to live with. I've got two health conditions. So I've got cystic fibrosis and I'm also a diabetic, which when you're a little kid, you know, when you're told that you have a condition that other people don't have and sometimes you won't be able to do things that other kids can and your friends will be that little bit fitter than you a little bit faster than you you'll be out of breath but they won't it's it's something that you you process very very quickly as as a child i mean a lot of adults process things reasonably well but a child doesn't have the mess that we have. <laughs> you know, they don't have the same internal speech as we do. So they go, oh, okay, therefore, this, this, and this. So for me, it was, I was the worst in the room because with the health conditions that I have, we, there's no support group for people with CF, meaning we can cross-infect each other. We can make each other worse. What is that, CF? Um, it, it's short for cystic fibrosis, so ah, um, it, it affects my lungs and my digestive system mostly. Right. And what, one of the things that they told us was we can cross-infect. So things like, you know, like support groups and all that sort of thing. We had to be isolated even when we were at hospital because you can make the other patients worse. So it was very, very strictly regulated around that. Everything from... I was the only kid in my school that was, was allowed to have it. So we did have an incident once where there was two of us and we had to decide who was able to change schools. And it, it's just, it's an isolating condition in some ways because it's the only way to really combat it, to fight it and make sure that you're able to deal with it, which meant I was isolated. I felt like I was, the, as I said, the worst in the room. I had very, very strong self-worth issues self-awareness issues because you become very very self-aware when you reach your limits so when you find your limits early on you're aware of that like you push past your limits you get uncomfortable and you realize where your limits are that's a very it's a very strong awareness exercise to stretch yourself push yourself find where your limits are and physically mentally 
it was just something that I had to do. So things like daily habits, daily routines, I had to keep active. I had to make sure that I did everything. I had to do it. It was that or I didn't survive. So I was also basing it on survival instincts, looking after myself. My parents did a lot of the work when I was growing up, but they also had to teach me that there were certain things I had to do boundaries, limitations. It was just the way I lived. So it was reasonably embarrassing for friends to come over to see what I got up to behind closed doors. So I didn't socialize. I didn't have like after school meetups, no sleepovers, none of that sort of thing. And the worst thing about it was over time, it got easy. It got comfortable. So I accepted my limitations. I accepted that I was never going to be the same or as good as anybody else. I accepted that it was just the way it was. Now, the problem with it being normal, the problem with it being something that it is what it is, right, in in inverted commas, is that you also don't feel like you can change it. You don't feel like there's a way out because you live with it. It's every day. I can wake up, have an amazing day. Wake up the next day and it's a horrible day. And that's something that you live with, something that you just got to accept. That's why I'm a little bit against this whole radical acceptance thing. There needs to be something that you're unhappy with before you can go ahead and change it. Most people don't change things just for the sake of it. Most people generally have a reason for doing it. And when it became, okay, I'm getting a bit, sick of this now because it was struggling to make friends difficult to socialize as I grew up it got easier because I went from struggling to survive with the conditions to living with them to thriving with them when I found things like the gym and personal development work and mindset work it gave me the strength to really understand that the labels that I had the conditions that I had they didn't have to define me And that was the problem. I was defined by who I was, not defined by who I want to be, not defined by who I wanted to become. One of the things that really stretched me, really pushed me, was the fact that if you stay in the past, then you stay in the past and it becomes who you are right now. So no matter what's going on, no matter what was around me, no matter how I was feeling, no matter what kind of day I was having, I had to ask myself, how would the person that I wanted to be approach my day? Mm. How would that work? What would I do? What would I say? I mean, it got really stupid to the point where I asked myself, how would I dress? How would I style my hair? Which I haven't got a lot of at the moment, luckily. So that then it became sort of, it sounds very regimented. It sounds very strict with yourself, but very often it's being disciplined and strict in some areas that allows you to be rough around the edges. It allows you to be flexible in other areas as long as you can tick your own boxes. So when people are like, oh, I don't feel confident enough to be X, Y, and Z on stage, on camera, whatever it was, it was like, right, well, what are your boxes? What do you need ticked? What's important for you? 
And when people say, well, I feel better when I'm wearing these socks, you know, people have lucky socks, right? Or lucky t-shirts or lucky bags or whatever it is. So well, I feel really good when I'm wearing these t-shirts. Okay. How often do you wear those t-shirts? Uh, maybe once or twice a year, or you should probably up that. You should probably increase that. And it's very basic. It's very simple, but you know, the, that's why they say, even if you're on phone calls, you should smile. So even if no one sees you, you should dress to impress yourself. And very often we don't impress ourselves. We don't try to. And that means that we stop being bulletproof almost to the external world. You know, if you're happy in yourself, if you're secure in yourself, if you know who you are, know who you want to be, you can get negative comments and brush them off because they have got no idea who you are. The only way you can do that and have that conversation with yourself is if you actually do know who you are. And that's where, that's where people struggle. People look outside for the solutions that the, the solution is actually from the inside out, not from the outside in. Yeah, there are many points. Bear with me, I'm writing. 100% agree, like have no argument at all. I also somehow discovered the hard way that I couldn't change how they perceive me somehow. Like I have to show up authentically and there's nothing wrong with it because at the end of the day, it has to be me who doing things, who show up as the expert, like you mentioned, that how you help others. And self-acceptance has played a big role in my life as well, that everyone have ups and down time, right? I can just give this example. Like, this is quite hard. Yesterday, because right now we're still locked down. And yesterday, me and a friend of mine who haven't met for like two months, three actually, we just want to catch up, have a little bit chit chat. And we, were, we wore masks. And she is Chinese and I'm Thai. So both Asian girls in the quite depressed city currently. So we live in city center and we just like walk around. What happened, you know? We got like a bicycle gang cycling allow us and circle around and then just shout at us i don't even know what they say i don't even understand but that's already make me feel terrible to go outside that i haven't been outside for a long time so if i have problems still like i'm still very depressed that the reason why i'm still lock myself in my room and i'm not getting out there I would be feeling quite bad after that incident, like for real, right? When you get bullied and they like shout out on the street, that's, that's not so impressed. So it's come back to like self-worth, totally. They don't know who we are. They just say stuff by their own understanding. So mm -hmm. just stand there and let them go and want to be safe at the moment. So that's all we can do. I mean, that's very important. And this thing wouldn't like, is somehow unexpected situation that we couldn't control. So what you mentioned is something that what we can control in our life. And that's very important. I have never think in this way that we should own our happiness before we change our behavior. I have never think that way because of course I do think the way that I have to look up to my future self and thinking about who I want to be and earn that position because that is how we wipe our energy and then like connect with other at that level so that we can grow and we can success even more from where we are. But yeah, 
I thought that to change it, and that's something I have to exactly what you said. I didn't think about happiness before. Why is that important? It, it's important because the whole do things to feel a certain way works both ways. So, it like I feel great after I exercise, as an example. But if I feel unfit, unhealthy, don't feel that great. I can exercise to feel good, but then when I feel good, I'm more likely to exercise. If I feel good in myself, I'm more likely to go. I feel pretty good. Energy's pretty high. Feel alright. Let's get a workout in, and then I I feel better afterwards as well. So it has the knock-on effect for your entire day because of endorphin releases and all the like sciencey stuff, right? But when when people don't realize that it does work both ways, you feel a certain way, you're more likely to act. If I feel great, going on camera is a piece of cake. If I feel amazing, it doesn't matter. Like how other people feel doesn't matter because I feel good in myself already. Now, while you know this doesn't, you know, it doesn't take away from the fact that we're human. So I get negative comments. I get negative. Words and phrases, and a couple of years ago, got like a, a weird non-English speaker. Clearly, because their English wasn't great on the text message, was like "I kill you" and stuff like that. And it was just like, "Well, good luck, mate. You don't know where I live, right?" So it's it's one of those it's one of those things where it's so easy to make this sound like we're turning you into robots, where you don't care. Where it doesn't matter, because we get into this level, line of work because we do care. That's that's kind of the whole point, you know. I became a coach because I care. I wanted to help people, and it's actually at a point where I'm prepared to do something very, very little as long as it makes people feel good. And I, I love that. That's why I do it. That's why I do whatever it is that I do. And it means that, unfortunately. When the negative happens, it does knock you back. It does, as robotic and as canned my responses are, because I've said them that many times. It's like, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. Oh, well, good luck. Uh, you feel better after doing that, right? Some people shout hate at you when you go, "Do you feel better now?" And you go, "Strangely, yeah." And it's like, well, great. Let's move on then, right? A lot of people do these things because it makes themselves feel good. What we don't realize is that it's making us not feel good. Right? They think they can just shout and everything will work out great. And the problem is, is it leads to a conversation that you have to have with yourself. It leads to a self-talk that you have to have, because if you don't, we repress it and we bottle it up inside and we don't deal with it. Now, as someone that's on a very, very small scale compared to some of the other people that I know, it's very, very, very easy. To just let it eat you up. It's the easiest thing in the world. You know, I used to have to have a day off if I got a negative comment and just curl up on the sofa and just pretend the world wasn't there. And that—that that, that was it. The easiest thing about being an online business owner and having the sort of ability to shut everything off is I can go. Well, I'll post a picture and a couple of quotes and. I can do it from my phone. No one needs to see me. It's just the screen. I could turn my phone off and have the rest of the day off and just eat 
awful food and that be the rest of it. It doesn't, it doesn't always help because again, back to what I said before, you feel bad, you act a certain way. You feel great, you act a certain way. I wouldn't feel great if I picked out and laid on the sofa all day. I'd feel even worse because I'd have no energy, wouldn't want to get off the sofa, I'd feel bad, and then I'd even regret doing it because it's like, you've wasted a day. How could you possibly waste a day? What are you doing to yourself? And I'm my own worst critic. That is part of it as well. It's a conversation with yourself. You've got to be able to move on in a way that is emotional. Because if you block it out, you bottle it up, it doesn't help. So whether it's journaling, meditating, talking it through with a friend or a coach or whatever it is who's in your corner and wants what's best for you, you have to do it because it will show up in other areas. And very often we talk about like self-worth, self-acceptance, self-esteem, self-awareness, lots of things to do with the self. Very often it's, it's something that we only have to do as a result of not doing this work a few years ago. So a lot of it is emotions and stories and memories and whatever it is that we've repressed because we've not processed it. If you do it today, it will still show up again in 10, 20 years from now. So you're living the results of your thoughts and feelings and memories that you held on to but never really dealt with now. So in 10 years from now, in five years from now, you'll probably be affected by those things that are occurring right now. So when you think about this, you've got to think about a long-term, like who do you want to be? Not next year, but in five years from now. And if you don't deal with things now, it could still show up in other ways. I, I've had self-worth issues show up when I get yeses. You know, you want to be on someone's show, you want to write for a magazine, and they go, yeah. Then I start to freak out. Because I'm like, what if it's awful? Why on earth have you said that? There's no way I'm good enough to do that. Even though it has nothing to do with me. Even though I'm sat there like, well, they've said, yeah. So put up with it and do it. Right? And very often it's inside my own head. I'm more afraid of the yeses and the noes sometimes. And when you first start, you're afraid of getting the noes so you don't try. And then if you get yeses, you're like, oh, well, they must be blind or they must be dumb or they must be stupid. How can they possibly think that I'm good enough for that? Because deep down, you don't think you are, so you project it onto somebody else because it makes you feel better. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and it could go like rabbit holes. Exactly right. I've, I've had several. I've had several. I still have them because what people don't seem to realize is, how can I put it? Only way I can put it, explain it, is investing, right? If you don't have a lot of money to invest, you feel like it's risky, yeah? Put any money in, it's risky. But if you're a billionaire, you just put more in. The risk level is still higher. So when people think, oh, well, if I do this little thing here and I get it and it all goes away, it's like, right, well, if I get on like a big platform, I'm still freaking out. If I get on a media, I'm still like, oh my God, what if they don't, and I've been on like several. And I still get it because when you realize, you realize what's at stake. You realize what the risk is. You realize where the responsibility is. I've got responsibility to everyone listening and watching to this to make sure that I know what I'm talking about, to make sure that I help. 
and then my whole caring thing comes in and I'm like, look, you've got to do a good job. You can't just mess it up. People are watching, people are listening. You owe it to them and owe it to yourself to do the best that you can. And I have all that rushing through my head every single day. Oh yeah, I love that. Like, I'm not sure anyone explained the same thing or not, but let me share with you here since seems like we share somehow the same part. I have to fight with my second thought every single day that is tell me to like, hey, you can relax, you know, does, does something that always like stop me. And they said like, it's okay. I mean, you have done your best, but I know that it's not the best that I can do just yet. Yeah, something like that. And you mentioned about discipline allow you to be flexible in other areas of your life. And that's like the knowledge bomb right there because somehow you seeing discipline as excuses that they couldn't form the habit good enough, but they forgot that the way they're saying that, that's also another type of discipline that they have been doing that for years and they wouldn't change. And you also to say that because of that consequences, you keep living that way and nothing changed. Think about it as well. That is how you got to where you are as well. So the more you do it, you strengthen it as well. So, so when people say, why is it so hard to change? Why is it so hard to break habits? Why is it so hard to do all those things? It's because at every moment, the repetition of the old way strengthens it. So any, anything, doesn't matter what it is. It's, but then every time you decide to do it, you strengthen it. It never gets easier until it's easy to do it. So when people think about, oh, well, I'm struggling to be on camera and all those things, and a lot of them used to say, oh, okay, how much equipment do you think that you need? And they look at me and they go, well, don't I need like the best camera and the four lights? And, the... and I'm like, look, it's, you're, you're making it so complicated and so difficult for you to just turn the camera on that at any minute, you can just decide not to do it. You're making it too easy to say no and too difficult to say yes. And when people look at me and they go, huh, that makes sense. How, how is that going to work then? And I go, right. A lot of mine are recorded on my phone. I have a tripod. I have a light. And it's a light, funnily enough, that I can clip to my phone. And they go, huh? I go, yeah. It's my phone, it's on a tripod, and it's a light that I use that clips to my phone. And they go, won't it be as light then? Well, I make sure it's an LED one. Like, I've got to make sure that it's, it's okay. But it's literally tripod, phone, clip on the light, ready to go. And if I feel the need, I've got earphones, I've got a headset for my podcast, and that's it. Podcasting is the typical one. That is the one that everyone's like, Oh my God, I need five microphones, four cameras, 10 lights if I want to do video. It has to be spot on. I've got to get the best music editing software in the world, which I thought I had to do, by the way. I bought one that is for singers to master their music. It was one that you could run a song through and it mastered it for you. And I thought, what the hell do I need that for? I just need to be able to make it sound a bit better, get rid of some of the background noise if I need to. And can I add tracks to either? Yeah, great. Doesn't need to be amazing. Now, my show is literally the setup I've got here. 
it's literally headset, laptop, good to go. That is it. I don't do any fancy editing. I've started to like add stuff in and take stuff out and have a bit of a play. But apart from that, it's like I don't have the lights. I'm on YouTube, but this is it. Literally just me. Hello, me just sat here, camera on. Here we go. That's it. And it's my laptop camera. I've got a little like desk thing that I put the laptop on and that's the camera. It's not a HD production studio camera with like four microphones and it doesn't doesn't hey you'd be surprised at how the quality doesn't really make a difference the amount of people that go oh well it wants to be studio quality and i sit there and go okay here we go how do you know how good the microphone is until you test it and you go huh never thought of that because i went through a phase of listening to other people's shows and asking them what mics they used and then i would look listen to their shows and go that sounds okay because if you're scrolling through like amazon or wherever you do your online shopping there isn't a button on each of the microphones that says test the mic before you buy it so you've got to go out there and get one try it do you like it yes or no no okay buy another one try it do you like it Yes or no? So when people start to say, well, it needs to be amazing, it's like, well, no, you just need to be able to understand it. You just need to be able to hear it. Background music, yeah, you probably don't want background sounds coming through it. So they're all like baseline level. I mean, if you're trying to record a podcast and there's a party going on in the background, you should probably go somewhere else. But for the most part, as long as they can understand you, as long as they can hear you, which is kind of the point, then that's it. You don't need, like, the amount of people that I followed and they're all like, oh, here's my podcast set up. And I go, ooh, let's see. And I'm typing away. And I look and the mic's like 500 pounds. And I'm like, for a microphone? Are you joking? But he's, he's a guy with a studio. He's got his room treated. And I'm like, oh my God, I am never going to start this podcast if it has to be that good. So there's a lot of comparison. There's a lot of I'm not good enough. And when you ask them, how would you know if you were good enough? And they go, I have no idea. And it's like, well, how are you ever going to feel like you're good enough if you're constantly comparing yourself and judging yourself against something that you don't even know what it is? If you don't even know what you're judging yourself against or comparing yourself against, how will you know? And it's like, huh, yeah, that makes sense. That means that you're always going to feel that you're not good enough because you don't know when you are. And a lot of people turn around to me and go, so can I just use my phone and buy a headset or this USB thing that I found for like 20 pounds? I go, yeah, give it a go. See what you think. Do you like the sound? Yeah, sounds okay. Right. That's your startup then. That's how you do it. That's how some people set the bar too high to start with. And very often, they also don't think that they're ever, ever able to raise the bar. It's almost like how you start is how you stay. And it's like, I'm sorry, but it's never going to happen that way. It never does. I don't. My clients don't. The amount of people that say, oh, well, who do you model yourself on? Who did you look at for how you do your stuff? And there's loads of people. But one of the things that struck me years ago, by the way, I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast. One of the biggest podcasts ever. You'd have heard about his Spotify deal at this point. And we go, right, okay. 
let's see. Anyway, he tells me that he recorded his first few shows on his iPhone. And I was like, huh. Okay, I'll start my show. I'll do it on my phone because Joe Rogan did. <laughs> as if that's a good enough reason. Like, I'll start my show. Joe Rogan did so, so I'm going to do it as well. And from there, you just go, well, okay, well, I'll go from my phone to my laptop because the sound's better, higher processing speed. I'll go, okay, that's it. It's, it's, the little, it's the little steps. It's the little changes and adjustments and how you can do it. The amount of people that try to, how can I explain it right? The amount of people that try to be like an ant in a giant's shoes, if you will, is phenomenal and i'll sort of explain what i mean if you believe that you're a giant but you're actually an ant and you try to walk in the shoes you're never going to go anywhere but if you grow as a person become a bigger person you're more likely to walk in their shoes and things like learning the skills being better at podcasting getting better at speaking learning the software, learning all of those things, the behind the scenes work that goes into things like a, like a YouTube show or uh, speaking on stage or whatever it is. A lot of people don't actually want to earn their stripes. They don't want to earn it. I'm still earning it. Loads of people are still earning it. That's the way it is. You constantly are in the they're in a state of trying to grow, trying to improve every single day, every single week. And the issue is, is people want to be able to go a mile in someone's shoes without realizing how difficult it is. You know, you spend hours trawling through Facebook, trawling through emails, trawling through everything. And some of it's luck. You'd be surprised at how timing comes into it. Like, oh well I've not got my big break yet and I go okay well have you been trying for a few years no I've been trying for a few months okay well you'll you'll something will happen something will change something will cause you to change your perspective and shift in how you show up shift in the world that you're in well very often it starts with you because if you aren't prepared to earn your stripes put the work in not prepared to do any of those things it's something that will actually lower your chances of being, in air quotes, lucky. Because while we can put it down to luck, it's like, right, well, I have the time to go trolling through social media, emails, websites, to find people to speak to, to find like booking agents and casting agents and other people. And I can look at it and go, okay, what's the best way, cheapest way, most convenient way of making things look more professional, look better, sound better. What's the best way of doing that? And I look through and I go, well, that's not bad. I can, don't even need to buy anything to do that. Let's do it. And very often people try to make things complicated. They confuse themselves while convincing themselves that they don't deserve it in the first place. And it's like you, you're attacking it from so many different angles that you've got you setting yourself up to fail the whole time and if you approach the solution from different angles rather than the problem from different angles things will get better so if you start to look at okay what are the three to five different things that go into i don't know being on camera 
being on video, what are the three to five different things? Okay, well, maybe you need to know how to speak. How do I come across? Um, what's the background like? You know, little things. And you look at it and go, okay, well, maybe if I cleared the background a bit, maybe if I made sure that I knew what I was saying before I said it, will that make it, the video come across better? Of course it would. It didn't cost you anything. It's more about the craft of doing it and getting better at the solution, approaching the solution from different ways, rather than spending so long looking at the problem from different angles, because I would rather focus on solutions than focus on problems. Yeah, I, I would prefer to focus on solution better than problem, because <laughs> that's how we move on, right? I mean, if you stuck on the problem and what next? And you're going to keep asking yourself again and again that why this thing happened to me or something like that. Yeah. And that would be more problem happens instead of solving that problem. So, yeah. I want to ask you this one. Like, since you have been coaching and help your clients achieve what's important to them, how can you help them find what's actually important to them? One of the one of the first things is realizing that it doesn't really have to be just one thing. Uh. So very often, not off, not all the time, but very often we can get down to like two or three. And I go, right, well, do you really need to pick one? And they go, well, that's what everyone says. I should find the one thing. And there's been books written on it, right? And everyone's, oh, well, there's a book written on it, therefore it must be true. And I go, well, is it true for you though? And, and they sort of say, well, I don't know, because I'm passionate about this and I enjoy doing this. And so, right, we'll do those then. There's seven days in a week. Pick two or three, roll with it. And when you give up, when you lose focus, when you lose faith in it, when you stop enjoying it, stop it. And you've still got like two left or four left. Just start with five, get them going. And then you sort of go, okay, which ones do you not like anymore? So, well, I thought I would enjoy doing this thing, but it turns out I don't like, I don't like the process of it. I don't like doing it. I don't like forcing myself every day, dragging my ass out of bed and attempting to do this thing. So, right, stop it then. You've got four more. It's like, oh yeah, I can, can't I? Of course you can. Yeah. You know, and a lot, a lot, again, it comes down to, a way that you see it. It's a way that you think. It's a way that you're designed. And well, surely I'd be more successful if I just did one thing. I was like, okay, well, there's a difference between doing one thing and trying to do one thing. Because how can I put it? The the journey of finding something enjoyable isn't enjoyable, you know, because you start hating yourself for not being able to figure it out. You start thinking that you're a horrible human because you're not able to get clear enough on what your vision is. You think there's something wrong with you. You think that you're broken. You think that you've got no hope in hell of being successful unless you find that one thing. You spend so long beating yourself up rather than starting three or five and learning it and when you realize that you don't like a few of them get rid of them and just keep pursuing what it is keep pursuing the things that you do like because very often very often that is the issue is that the process of finding something positive isn't a positive experience 
not because of what we could do, but because of what we actually do. You know, we spend hours like forcing yourself to find this thing and that's not an enjoyable experience. That's not a positive experience. That's not something you actually want. So people shy away from doing it or avoid doing it because it's not a positive experience because we hate it. I don't want to sit there trolling through notepads going, I've got to pick one and I'm trying to find it and there's no hope and you start beating yourself up and so many spirals and rabbit holes and oh my God, is it ever going to end? Well, it's, it's not because you don't enjoy it and therefore you stop. And then when everyone says you need to know your why and you, you need to know this one thing, it goes against what you've experienced. And you don't want to go back. You don't want to go back into it. You don't want to reopen the notepads and go, this is where I left off. Therefore, I should probably start here because I don't want to waste my time going through the whole process again. And that, that's the issue is we avoid negativity more often than not. And it comes from the back of experiencing something we don't like. We don't want it. We don't want that process. So when everyone tells us that that's the process we have to go through to find your why, find what's important, find what your vision is, find what your mission is, very often it's, it's a combination of a lot of things. It's what you can make money from, what you'd be prepared to do for free, and so, something that's not just about you something that sends your actions, your intentions, your thoughts. So it's not just about you. It's about the bigger collective. It's about the world. So you, other people, the world, what you can make money from, what would you be prepared to do for free? And very often you'll end up with like three or five. And then if, you, if it's about the business thing, there has to be something that you're uniquely capable of doing. Whether that's your way, because don't forget, you are unique as well. No one can do things the way you can do them. So that in itself isn't unvaluable. It's very valuable. Because if you think about like the basics of business back when I was like 15, was what's your unique selling point? And very often, the only thing that is unique is the person doing it. Because unless you're a complete like, innovator, most things have already been done by now. It's very, very rare when someone goes, I'm going to do Facebook marketing. And there's like millions of them. I said, like, right, well, how do I stand out? I said, like, well, you need to be you then. It needs to be Facebook marketing done by you. That's what separates it. That's what makes it valuable. That's what makes it important. And they go, but I'm not good enough to, and that's where the story comes in. They tell themselves that they're not good enough. It's like the instant flip of the switch of, it's the uniqueness, it's you, it's your adversity, it's your difference, it's your standy-outiness that makes you you and makes you important and makes you valuable. It's not devaluing, it's increasing the value, it's increasing your worth. The amount of people that turn on to me and go, you have a pretty weird style of doing whatever. It is. I go, yeah, I have, because I've got no other way of doing it. And they go, that's pretty cool. Uh, if, if, I, if I read a book on it, it would be the same as the guy that wrote the book. So it, it's, it's forcing people to realize that the uniqueness is the value. The difference is where the value is. You know, everything that I've gone through, 
has put me in the prime position to help others. If I didn't share it, if I didn't tell people, you know, I was bullied, lost a friend that had the same conditions I did, that gave me the sort of, oh my God, am I next? Right? It's like, is it going to take me next? I had to shift my life. I had to shift everything, shift my priorities. I had to get rid of all the stuff that just doesn't matter and focus in and just keep doing my thing. And a lot of people don't realize it, but it's the complete opposite to the way people tend to think. They think that the fact that they're different, they can't do this thing. Who am I to think that I can do X, Y, and Z? And the truth is, is the fact that you're the only one of you. No one else is you. So what you've got to do is you've got to flip the switch from you not being valuable, you not being good enough because of these things. Flip it to it's because of these things that makes me unique and valuable. It's the only thing. It's the only thing that you've got left because skills are commoditized now. Technology is commoditized now. The only thing that isn't is you as a person. Not many people talking about this thing, though. This is like the fact that you have to face it, and only you can make decision to change your life. And yeah, you have to commit on doing this thing. And what I want to add is that it's not gonna be only once in a lifetime thing that you have to experience. Because the more we grow up, we set the new goals, and we experience the new environment. We have more comparison, obviously, and usually we go back to the same loop again of self-doubt, and we forgot who we are again. But at that time, your self-worth or what you believe in might change also by people that you're surrounding at that time, and that's how it makes life colorful, I believe. Like to look back when we were. Younger until now, it's like wow, I have come this far to be who I am today, and see who I look up to myself in the next five or ten years that you mentioned, right? So that's important. But apart from that, like once once one of your clients have made decision, okay, I set my important list, my priority list currently. This is my goal. Okay, they have tried at least seven days, and if anything that makes them overwhelm, they cut it off right how can they maintain the discipline that they have made decision to commit in well one of the one of the things that really helps and really works is you've got to make it convenient to do mm. so going back to the camera thing is if you feel like you've got to have everything in the kitchen sink in there <laughs> it's going to be difficult because when life gets in the way you'll stop When life gets in the way, you won't be able to do it. And we all have lives, right? I've got a life outside of my business. I've got friends. I've got family. I've got commitments. I've got hobbies. There's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on, you know, brand of mic or personal brand or business or coaching or whatever it is. That is another string to the bow of who of who I am, essentially. And If it's so difficult, like the amount of people that go, "Oh, well, I've got three kids, and you know this, this, and this," it's okay. Well, that's why it needs to be easy. That's why it needs to be convenient to do. Because if you think about best case scenario with everything, 
how often is that actually going to happen? <laughs> how often is how often is best case going to happen? This doesn't mean you look at worst case because that might not happen either. So you've got to think about realistic case. Realistically, how much time every day could you spend on doing whatever it is? You know, oh, well, maybe half an hour. I go, okay. So if you go get so anxious and so worked up that it takes you 25 minutes to convince yourself to do a five-minute video, there's a video and that's it. And it's took you half an hour to do it. Because people, they convince themselves, they don't know what to say, they look funny, they do their hair and their makeup and everything else under the sun. And it's like, you're going to do all that for one video? You're going to spend all that time on one video and you go, that's a good point. So it's like, yeah. So what you need to do is you need to either dedicate a long period of time whereby you doll yourself up, do whatever it is that you need to do to make yourself feel pretty and look pretty and confident and all those things. Do all that, whatever it is that you need to do, right? I know a few people that look completely different on their pictures and videos compared to real life. My but- mom told me to put lipstick on because I look so sick on camera. <laughs> priceless so so that that's the thing now if you have longer to do it you can batch record them so when people say oh it's took me so long to set up the cameras and the tripod and the lights and dress myself up like a princess and or a prince or whatever's watching and do one video for 10 minutes and i've got to take it all off again and it's like what's the point Why, why we'll do like 10 videos then and you go huh well, yeah, that'll last you about two weeks. You only got to do it once every two weeks. Okay, I can manage that. So depending on what your standards are, what your capacity is, you can only do so much with what you're given. You can only do so much. I'm not going to say you've got to do a video every day, otherwise you're not showing up enough. And you go, I don't have the time. I've got kids, I've got school, I've got another business to run, I've got this, I've got... And it's just like... Okay, <laughs> there's only so much you can really do with what you have. You can't force someone, you can't, like, you can't force a fish to climb a tree, right? You can't tell people what's best if what they're given, what they have, what they live with, what their responsibilities are, doesn't allow for it. That's why I like batching things in. I like doing everything for a week on one day if it's videos you have a video day have a podcast day have an audio you know whatever it is have a writing day have a video day you don't have to doll yourself up to write articles right so there's loads of different things that you can do to engineer your week or engineer your day so that you can get the most out of it now this is a mindset thing because why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you save time, save in some ways, save makeup, right? To to do it just once a week rather than like four or five times a week. If you've got to do it every single time because it's what makes you feel good, what makes you feel confident, and you're there like I'm burning through makeup and in your case lipstick. I'm burning through it all. I've got so much going on and I'm worried about what color lipstick I'm wearing it it doesn't make sense to set the bar so high that you end up stressed out that you end up worried all the time and that that, that's without what if I'd said something funny 
that's without what if no one likes my accent. I didn't like mine either. So I'm right with you on that one. And that, that is like, that's like extra. So you look at everything that you can go through physically, mentally, organizing, discipline, whatever it is, there's so much that goes on, so much that can happen. And I turn around to someone and say, you've got to make it convenient to do it. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to. And they don't believe me. <laughs> and then they try it. And I go, see? <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I, I've got no, I mean, I, I'm trying to do videos and there's kids everywhere and there's toys flying in the background. Oh, I've just got no chance. There's no hope. I'm never going to manage it. It's like, okay, well, go back to basics then. Go back to the foundations. Go back to what you need to do. And you can add things in. You know, you can add the bells and whistles in. You can add the, you know, the amount of, amount of people that turn around to me and say, it's much easier for me to organize an hour a day with kids, family, friends, social life, work, you name it. And I set everything up like it's a studio and I record a week's worth of content in a day. And I go, right, if you can organize that, because the amount of people that go, oh, it was amazing. I organized an hour free with the family and I'm on my own. I didn't, didn't record anything, didn't do anything. I just sat there and I just loved the piece of it. <laughs> I just sat there. And go, I got an hour to myself. I told them I was working, but I'm not. And I'm sat there, feet up, cup of tea, and it was fantastic. I did a couple of things on my phone because I was bored, and I just loved it. And it's like, well, not really the best use of your time. But when it comes down to organizing, like work and family life and play and social life, it's communication that can allow for all this. It's being able to say, this is work mode. This is me. I'm a business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a speaker. I do this, 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 and this. <clears throat> and the only way I can manage all this, juggle all these balls without dropping them in a heap on the floor is compartmentalizing inside your own head. It is being strict. It is being disciplined. And if no one knows what you're doing if no one knows what you're dedicating your time to for this hour someone tried to phone me when i was recording videos and i was like i haven't told that person that, that that's what i'm that that's what i'm doing i should probably i should probably get back to them just let them know that that's why i couldn't pick up the phone uh so that, that that's another thing as well it's life collides it collides. There's no, like, this isn't work hour mode. And then you get an email that knocks you back because you didn't expect it. And it's like, I should probably be a bit more strict with, with my email inbox and figure out where I'm going to part my time. Because while we can talk about mindset and self-worth and struggling and discipline and being consistent, designing your life in such a way that allows for you to do all those things and having a schedule set up that everyone's aware of that needs to be aware of it. I mean, some friends who just tell them you're working and they can accept it, you know, because it's like, yes, I work online, but it's work. And at this time, I'll be free. That can be all it takes. You know, it doesn't have to be sitting them down, coffee meet up, explaining the situation to them, like you give them a, bl a, bl a blueprint for a hotel. It's... Just say, look, I'm working. I'll message you tonight. 
doesn't have to be rocket science, but you can't you can't juggle these things and manage these things. Most people can prevent a lot of the roadblocks down the road by setting their life up in such a way where everyone knows what's going on. Everyone knows what's happening, including you. And you go from there. When everyone knows their place and everyone knows where they stand, it makes everything so much easier. Everything. Uh, no amount of <laughs> no amount of meditating can make you stress relieved enough to be able to focus on something that you've told nobody that you're focused on. And when you try and do it, the whole world breaks around you and you go, oh, I'm so stressed out. Okay, don't meditate. Just look at your diary instead. Look at your schedule instead. Look at how you're designing your day. And they go, oh, I could just meditate for 10 minutes a day. I said, well, no, because that's not going to... That's not going to help if every time you try and do something, something else comes up, something else crops up. And then because you spend 10 minutes meditating, you're 10 minutes behind on everything else. And then it all mounts up. So sometimes we can just cover up the symptoms and cover up the little things. But deep down, it's preventable. And it starts with organizing. It starts with self-awareness, organizing your day. And prioritizing. If you do those three things, a lot of what we struggle with, a lot of what you come up against will be prevented. And you'll be wondering, sat wondering, how you ever got so stressed out. And it was because you didn't organize things. You weren't organized enough. And I don't mean organized as in like 1 p.m. to 1.15, I'm having a break. 1.15 to 1.30. Depending on how busy you get, you may have to be that regimented. I know a few people that are that regimented, but just as easy as, like for this half an hour, I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to record three videos and these are the topics that I'm doing. And if you're 10 minutes late, it might not be the end of the world because you've done these three videos and that's your day done. That's your day's worth of content done. And you can write about them as, as well you can write about them and there's your written post stuff. And that's like two hours at the most. And that's your day. And you've got a walk, you've got a walk in, you've got videos in, you've done your written content and that's like an hour or two. And you've included your daily walk or your exercise for the day. And it's, it's more about that and integrating things in effectively than, oh, I'm so stressed out. I need to go for a walk or meditate or whatever it is. You want to look at preventing it rather than just dealing with the results of not preventing it. Wow, that's very powerful. So in case anyone listening until now that they're like, wow, okay, I think Mike would able to help me with this. How can they reach out to you then? Well, the, the best place you can find me is in my Facebook group. So it's the Visibility Lounge. Uh, I have trainings on things like how to be confident on live streams. I've also gone into how I went from invisible and scared to being featured on Sky TV because I was on Sky, uh, one of the first big interviews that I did. And a few people were asking me, how did you go from like zero to that? because that is outrageous. <laughs> so that, that's one of the things that I shared. I run challenges on there as well. So I just keep everything going. It's my 
my own community, if you will. Yeah, I'd love it if people could, could join me. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me today, Mike, and have a great day here. Hey, Get Unstuck family. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to get notification in case the new episode coming out. And please give us the honest review. We really appreciate you. And if you would like to have me sharing my thing with you on weekly basis, check out World Wide Web, ebmgetunstuck.com. Let's get unstuck together.